0: welcome to the data dump bite-sized data stories for your ears i'm your host zach bowders whether you know him as the man of steel the man of tomorrow the last son of krypton cal l or clark kent everyone knows the name superman but obviously that wasn't always the case april 18th, 1938 the first issue of Action Comics number one was published. Superman was a creation of two friends, Jerry Siegel, the writer, and Joe Shuster, the illustrator, both of whom were Jewish immigrants who met in high school. And while his first appearance in publication was in 1938, he had actually appeared as long as five years before back in 1933 when both were students. Now, Action Comics was not intended to be Superman's book. It was intended to be an anthology series where different heroes and villains appeared in each stories, but the Man of Steel captured the imagination of the reading public and became the entire focus of the book, nay, the entire focus of everything for a while. And while his star may not burn as brightly today as it did in the late 1930s, it's been undeniable the cultural influence the character has had over the course of the past century. One of the most appealing aspects of Superman as a character isn't just the fantastical nature of his powers. Superman comes from a very humble origin. Much like Siegel and Schuster themselves who were immigrants to America, Superman's story is an immigrant story. Superman, a refugee from the dying world Krypton, um, mirrored that of Moses. While his trunk, his tight suit and his cape were pulled from the circus strongmen of the era that the boys no doubt were enthralled by. And while the modern expression that we see of Superman flies in space, shoots lasers from his eyes, and moves at unimaginable speeds, in his early appearances, he was much more grounded in terms of his heroic abilities. No flying, no heat or X-ray vision, no cold breath. In fact, he wasn't even bulletproof. Superman's more fantastical powers began to appear in the early 1940s, and the most reasonable explanation I can think of for this has been created by novelist Brad Meltzer. Meltzer, who writes political thrillers, is a lifelong comic book devotee. And in research for one of his books, The Book of Lies, which centers around the biblical tale of Cain and Abel, and also the real life story of Siegel and Schuster, discusses why Superman may have become more powerful in the early 1940s. And the reasonable explanation is that Siegel's father, was killed in what appears to be a bank robbery gone wrong and thus superman became more powerful as an emotional buffer as a way for him to deal with the loss of his father much like batman witnessed the death of his own parents and made a pledge that no one else would die that day Siegel saw his own father die and made superman a more powerful being that would be able to serve as that wish fulfillment means to protect other children from the turmoils of the world So out of turmoil comes a gift, which is a Superman that is faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, and able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Being the nerd that I am and considering 1938 and the capabilities of technology at that time, the size of buildings and the speed of bullets, made me ask just how powerful is Superman relative to the world that he was occupying at his origin? Let's start with the idea of leaping. So, origin Superman could not fly, and while we consider that to be one of his defining characteristics now, that was not Superman at his origin, and despite this, Superman was still massively popular, as I've described. Doing some digging and uh, searching around the internet, Superman was described as being able to leap one-eighth of a mile. Now, this isn't defined as being able to leap one-eighth of a mile vertically or horizontally, because obviously, a horizontal one-eighth leap is easier than a vertical one-eighth leap, right? You're not fighting gravity as much. But being described as one-eighth of a mile with no particulars, that is the measure that we will use to judge Superman's jumping efficacy at origin. Now, if you were to compare Superman's vertical against some of the biggest things in the world at that time, let's take the Empire State Building, the Pyramid of Giza, Niagara Falls, and the Eiffel Tower, Superman would be right smack in the middle. The Empire State Building was almost 1,500 vertical feet tall at the time in 1938, the Eiffel Tower closer to 1,000. Superman would come in somewhere closer to the middle at about 660, followed closely by the Pyramid of Giza at around 500, and then Niagara Falls at about half of that. So while Superman could leap pyramids in a single bound, he couldn't leap the Eiffel Tower or the Empire State Building. As we go into some of Superman's other stats, particularly in his early days, it gets much, much harder to accurately define them. So if we wanna talk about speed, bullets have a lot of different speeds. So let's settle on an even 1000 miles an hour, which is mid range for a nine millimeter bullet. Well, Superman wasn't even that fast in the beginning. If anything, he was comparable to the speeds of modern trains at that time. So 1930s trains, whose speeds topped out around 100 miles an hour which is more than enough to smoke Usain Bolt. But if we were to compare him against some of the other fastest things in the world at that time, you'll find Superman wasn't actually that fast. So let's stack Superman up against the fastest car in the world and some of the fastest animals in the world. So in the late 1930s, the fastest car in the world was a Duesenberg Model SJ. The fastest flying animal is the Peregrine Falcon, The fastest aquatic animal is the black marlin and the fastest land animal is the cheetah. Well, Superman once again ends up dead middle in this pack at a speed of 100 miles an hour. The Peregrine Falcon in its dive at its maximum speed is about 200 miles an hour. And the Duesenberg topped out at about 140 miles an hour, which means even a late Mondel Honda Civic now would not only have a chance of beating the Duesenberg of that era, but could easily surpass Superman. The Black Marlin, about 75 to 80 miles an hour, and a Cheetah, about 60. So let's consider our last measure for Superman's superness, which is strength. And unfortunately, this is the hardest one of all to quantify. In his early publications, Superman is seen lifting all sorts of things from cars to trains to submarines. And it's really hard to tell what the maximum efficacy of his strength is, particularly if we're considering his very early origin. On the cover of Action Comics number 1, Superman is shown lifting a green car, which by all accounts is a 1937 DeSoto, which would have weighed about 3,400 pounds, so about a ton and a half. So let's use that as our reference point. That's a lot of car, right? But if you've seen modern strongman competitions, you've seen feats that, I'm not saying approach that, but don't make that seem quite as marvelous as it was in 1937. So while the appeal of Superman is often considered to be the fantastical, and many of the criticisms levied against The Last Son of Krypton are that you can't write an interesting story about him because he's unbeatable. However, Scottish writer Grant Morrison, who penned All-Star Superman, which is largely considered to be one of the most influential and important Superman stories ever, had a little bit to say about that. Morrison says, "'American writers often say "'they find it difficult to write Superman, They say he's too powerful that you can't give him problems. But Superman is a metaphor. For me, Superman has the same problems we do, but on a Paul Bunyan scale. If Superman walks the dog, he walks it in the asteroid belt because it can fly in space. When Superman's relatives visit, they come from the 31st century and bring some hellish monster conqueror from the future. But it's still a story about your relatives visiting. And that's the likability that has drawn so many to Superman over the years, that While Superman is godlike in his power, he's also so human, both in his origin, with his immigrant beginning, to being raised in the American heartland with traditional values that support the local community, uplift others, and promise fairness and kindness. Now you would think that Siegel and Schuster, having created one of the most important fictional characters of the past hundred years, would have been very wealthy men, but in reality The two creators who had tired of rejection and publishing sold the rights of their character away for only $130. So over the years, while there have been many legal disputes and DC has made payments at various times, these two creators who created a massive cash cow worth billions of dollars walked away with not even enough to buy you a really nice steak dinner these days. Thanks for listening to this bite-sized data story on the data dump we'll be back in a few weeks with our next story in the meantime check out the other shows on the data plus love channel